Hello there, welcome to this week's Bet McLean Football Show. Loads to talk about this week, and we're in the company of the Newry boss, Darren Mullen, and the former Cliftonville manager, Barry Gregg. Darren, Barry, you're very welcome. Good to see you, Biko. Let's start with last night, Darren, shall we? A one-all draw with Glenn Torn and your first league point um, for six weeks? Six yeah. games? Six games, Six yeah. games. Uh, I'm sure you're delighted to get the point on the board, but you probably thought you could have gone and won it. Yeah, it was a game that obviously taking the lead in and um, having opportunities um, to get the winner. Two one, there's a sense of disappointment, but I think overall the draw was probably uh, a fair result. Um, they're, they're strong enough side, they're decent up front and strong in midfield, so probably as the game panned out, when I went to, to one each, um, we had a couple of chances in the second half, but they probably finished a bit stronger than we did. So. I'd say overall it was a fair result. Yeah, glad to get to get a point to stop the rot. And in terms of Glen Torrance performance, a different Glen Torrance than you would have faced before this season? Yeah, they seem to be um, a bit more galvanised, if you like, under, under Gary, but like Harlan Wolf were last year, difficult to play against. And obviously with that extra quality that, that they have up front, they're, they're always going to be a danger. So um, we knew from our previous game against them down at the Oval that it was going to be difficult so uh, yeah happy enough for the end of it. Gotcha. Um, you've got suspensions uh, in the squad now coming into this weekend and obviously you're playing Cliftonville I'm sure Barry's got you well versed coming up the road I know you travel together to do this today. Um, obviously excited about Saturday you're above odds in the table and it's really going to be a, a a journey for the both of you sort of slinging it out to make sure you don't finish in bottom spot is that how you see it? Um, yeah look we have said all along we need to just make sure to do whatever it takes to stay in this league. We've fought really hard um, over the past five or six years, a lot quicker than most people, including ourselves, would have thought. So the last thing we want to do is give it up without a fight. Um, you know, should that be a playoff or um, the spot above, you know, which we certainly won't give up on. There's still a lot of football to be played, but we have to make sure we do whatever it takes to stay in, the, in this league. And, and we have a group of people at the club who I feel are, are more than capable of doing it. Do you think then, Darren, it's a straight fight at the bottom between you and Ards to avoid bottom spot? You're three points ahead of them. There are other teams who are quite a distance ahead of the pair of you. So is it just between you and Ards to decide who takes the automatic drop and the other one will get the playoffs? Or you've said there that you are thinking about maybe chasing down those above you? Yeah, and I'm sure Ards are of the same opinion as well. You know, that they, I'm sure they don't want to be giving up anything there to fight. I'm sure from the outside it looks to most people it gets between ourselves and, and our that bottom spot. But there's, there's a serious amount of football um, to be played. Um, you know, if you look at more points start of the season, you know, we're sitting with nothing and, and the run that they've been on and how they're doing now. So anything can happen in football and you know we certainly won't be giving up without a fight. Should it take a playoff or whatever it might be then then so be it. But the ultimate goal is just to make sure we do whatever it takes to stay in this league. What will it mean to Newry to stay up, Darren? Because when you think of the journey that you guys have been on. You've come through all the leagues. It's been a remarkable race. Obviously, it would be shocking if Ards went down as well, but given where Newry have come from, you know, how much would that hurt you? How much would that affect the club? And you're the guy who's brought them to the promised land. So what would it mean to you to actually keep them here? It would be the biggest achievement that I've ever done, um, you know, certainly as a, as a manager, um, because of the nature of our progress right through the ranks. You know, it's we have exceeded all expectations, as I've said, but we're here now. And we want to make sure that we stay here. You know, I've said before, the club has has had to develop on and off the pitch, and we're continuing to do that. We have a lot of stuff work still still to do, but. Um, 
being in the Premiership is where we want to be. You know, we have the facilities and, and everything is set up for it. So, look, we just need to do whatever it takes to stay here. Are you enjoying this ride? I appreciate that you've been on uh, a tough run and in recent seasons it's been win after win after win and you've obviously enjoyed that. We all love it when we're winning. But for you this season, how, have you enjoyed the challenge? Yeah, because it has been a challenge. There's no point in saying anything different. It's, it's been difficult, you know, and, and I, I take my hat off to any manager that puts their, their heart and soul into the job because uh, as a player you don't see that. You know, it does consume you. Um, you know, people say about... Um, you know, getting yourself away from it or, or trying to forget about it, you never really do. You do things to distract it, they'll distract you for a while. So it's constantly on your mind and more so at this level because there's a greater scrutiny um, with it. But yes, in a perverse sort of a way, yes, I'm enjoying it because we, we've been on a journey where we've been constantly winning and football's a great game when you're winning. It's only when you're tested that you find out more about yourself. And as I've always said, we'll be a better team and I'll be a better manager for the experience. Can I ask you just about the more and ultimatum? I mean, we, we look at the, the big two, Blues against the Glens or Cliftonville against Crusaders, but in, in that derby is just now being billed. Um, when you lose it, how, how, how much does it hurt? I'd say that the, the Boxing Day one where they had scored with 15 seconds to go, I drove up the dual cars we the own, and I think if it had been videoed on YouTube, it would have got about a million hits because I looked like somebody that wasn't right in the head, shouting and roaring to myself. That was the worst. Uh, felt in a long time, worse even than when they beat us recently because of the nature of it, you know, so that was an experience in itself that I don't ever want again. I don't my family were afraid to speak to me on the dinner and boxing day for a couple of hours, but um, look, that, that's that's all part of it. That derby is something that'll develop, you know, it's it's got a wee bit feistier from the first game and I'm sure as it develops and, and hopefully it does because I think it's good for Warren Point as well that we're in that league, um, you know, they haven't had anything like that at this level and um, good for their tenses and, and it's good, good for local football as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can make amends on the next one. Uh, you play Cliftonville at the weekend. Barry, were you giving this uh, gentleman here all the ins and outs and the nitty-gritty on the way up to do this today? As much as I could, Peter, but listen, what do I know about Cliftonville? Oh, no. um, Darren's well versed and he knows, he knows what he'll come up against on Saturday, no doubt. We really appreciate you coming on and obviously we really enjoyed your time on the show last year, uh, last season. And um, it really is a different tale this season than what was last. How, how hurt are you by, by what has happened and, and how difficult was it for you just to walk away? It is difficult, difficult personally and difficult from a football perspective, Pete. The um, you know, managers want to be involved in football for whatever reasons, we're not sure, but we want to be. Um, and I certainly didn't want to part ways with Cliftonville but that's that's the way football goes sometimes um, certainly wasn't in the plans to do it and, and, and to, for it to work out the way it has but you've got to take some of the down times with, with lots of the high, high sides that come along with it too. At the start when you got the job was it in terms of local football was it a dream job? Um, on the outside of it yes it was a big move for me it's, you know coming from what some people would have thought a lowly you know, Warren Point at, the, at that stage. Um, everybody knew my relationship with Warren Point at that point, and it was it was most definitely, I'd say, my comfort zone. Um, and a challenge, like Darren was talking about earlier, that you wanted, I wanted to take for me personally as a manager. Um, unfortunately, it just hasn't panned out the way I'd hoped. But you know, I've, I've lots of good memories, lots of good times, lots of good people that we've met over the last twenty odd months at Cliftonville. And, uh, you know, I look forward to going back and watching some games there in the, in the not-too-distant future. I know there's a few rumours that we're going to ask you about shortly, but um, 
With regards to where the power is held within a football club, from an outsider looking in, you, we as football fans expect the manager to be the, the person who's, you know, uh, getting the guys sheet up on a Saturday, put them out on the pitch, develop a plan that's going to make them win. Um, but is there a situation in football where the players down tools, so to speak? If they if they if they're not happy with how it's going, I hear from managers going into jobs and saying, "I'm only here because you got the last guy sacked." Yeah, um, I think that's not, it's not a Cliftonville thing, but I think it's a, a society thing in terms of players at this at this juncture of where the game is at the minute. Managers are weak. They're weak because the way they're treated by players in certain situations and then backed up by boards. And, and people that run football clubs, and the reason for that is it's it's easier, it's cheaper, it's less. So the board takes the hassle. player side more than the well, manager. It's not it's not a case of sides. You know, if you take and it happens to the very highest level, it's not. This isn't just in the local game for us. But if things, if results aren't going according to plan, and you need to make a change to steer your season back on course. Um, you have option one of getting rid of five, six, ten players, or option two of getting a new management team in place that can maybe get different things out of players that are currently there. So you've got all the challenges of players in contract you can't touch. Maybe, Darren, will you take that player or this player? I will, yeah, but we've no money to take them. So it's just not as easy as what everyone thinks it is. So boards are under massive, massive pressure to make decisions that are right for their clubs. And more times than enough that it, that will be and hinge around the fact of being the easiest route always will be. It may not be the best route, but with hindsight, nobody can tell that. Um, you know, the easiest route will be to, to get a new manager in or a new management team in to get a jolt out of a group of players that is there, even if your thoughts are that then players aren't the way forward for you and then due, over due course then allow somebody to rebuild the panel. few questions for you, Barry. You obviously took a lot of abuse near the end of your time as Cliftonville manager. How much did all that hurt you? Yeah, it's not nice. It's not nice at all. Um, on a personal level, it's not nice. But like I said to Peter earlier, you, you you can't separate the good from the bad. You know, Irish Cup final here at the tail end of last season, where you had eight or ten thousand Cliftonville fans singing your praises and shouting every bit of good thing that you could could be shouted um, and that was fantastic so when results turn against you you've got to expect that you know you're going to come under some heavy criticism and it was it's frustrating when you hear that but you can't challenge it when when you have passionate supporters like Cliff and will have you, you can't ask them to switch it on and off it is or it isn't and it's there and it's black and white and to be fair to them they've been brilliant to me and I, I, I don't hold any grudges in terms of how I was treated because largely the treatment I've received from Cliftonville fans have, has been brilliant. You did take Cliftonville to the Irish Cup final, as you said. You also got them into Europe last season, so you did have good times, Barry. Um, uh, but throughout your period as Cliftonville manager, there were lots of rumours circulating. One was that you paid the wages of players. Is that true? Couldn't be further away from the truth, um, Stephen. The and and I've I've said this. I've rubbished it off lots of times, very flippantly. Um, and I think in in recent times, it's it's a total disrespect to Cliftonville for somebody to suggest that. Um, the club is Ireland's oldest club. It's it's featured and and survived 
long before me and it will survive long after me. Um, and to think, for anyone to think that Barry Gray has anything special that Cliftonville doesn't already have is, is crazy. So, no, um, I, I had, you know, a time at Warren Point that was very heavily involved, you know, at board level and running the club as well as management. And when I came to Cliftonville, one of the conditions that both Jared as chairman and me as manager at the time, we were very, very clear in the fact of being that there would be no crossing you know, wires across uh, across that. So it was purely football reasons why I was at Cliftonville and no other reason for that. How much did all the off-the-field issues <coughs> affect results on the field, Barry? It's very difficult to, to you know, quantify how it, it does directly affect results. I don't know. Um, does it affect players inside, inside the team? Yes. Did it affect me and part of my management team? Yes, definitely, because... You know, you're in the public eye for reasons that they aren't football, and for reasons that I can't control. Uh, that I inherited, and the team and the players that are involved in it all have to be affected by that because it's not. You know, you don't want to see your players in the media and the tabloids for any other reason, bar celebrating winning goals and winning games. But it was something that we had to deal with at the time, unfortunately. Um, you know, probably with very little control in terms of what the outcomes or how it should be handled. My job was to handle it from a football perspective, which we tried to do the best we could under the circumstances. Would you have changed anything then from your time as Cliftonville manager? No, listen, I, I'm not one for I'm not one for making excuses. Results at the tail end were very much my responsibility as manager. You have to take that, um, and if you want to constantly look backwards and doubt yourself about what you should do and what you could do and whatever. I have a very particular way where what I like to do inside football um, and it's been massively successful for me in football for many, many years and for part of my time at Cliftonville. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying that I wouldn't change anything. You learn. You most definitely learn as a manager or player involved in football. You learn every day and a day you don't learn. Um, I think you should stop inside the game because it's it's frantic and there's lots of experiences over the last 20 months that will make me think twice about how I might approach certain situations differently. Uh, last one for me. I don't want to get into the details of the Jade Donnelly case because it's ongoing, but were you ever told what players you could select <coughs> and what players you couldn't select from on high? No, the management of the team and the players was solely my responsibility and, and no... I, at any time, um, you know, I was never told who could play. That's like saying Joe Gormley can play to there, he can't play to there. Um, that's a line to be for for me in football. That when you're a manager, you get to pick your team, assuming all players are available for selection, um, and it's on my terms. And there was never any crossovers or no, no grey areas in relation to that. Um, it's, it was very, very, very firmly my decision at all times in the teams that, that walked on the pitch. I would say Stuart fans are probably hurting right now. Their manager's gone and, and taken up the, the helm at Cliftonville. Paddy McLaughlin, many congratulations to him. But before the new boss, what, what challenges lie ahead for him? Yeah, well, I, I sent Paddy a message just to congratulate him because he's, very, he's in a similar situation than what I was when I, when I took over at Cliftonville. Um, he probably takes over 
a situation that's slightly more stable than what it was when I first took, in my opinion. Um, there's massive challenges for him. You know, he still has a group of players that needs work. He, in my opinion, a group of players that needs modernised and, and, and brought forward. Probably we're, we're disheartened, you know, my management team that we were there because we had dealt with a lot of issues and, and a lot of um, stuff that we don't know restructuring know about. that that i'm not here to make excuses for and we were very close to getting to the point where we could start to deal with some of the stuff that was on pitch um you know in terms of your your squad depth and your squad quality um and we had started to do that in in the early stages of of december um and Paddy will now maybe reap some of them awards and i hope he does and i hope he does really well in the in the post because i want to see I want to see Cliftonville as a team do well. I have a lot of time for some of the players that, that are inside the changing room. I've spent a lot of time with them on and off the pitch and I want to see them win. Has this experience scarred you for life or are you champing at the bit to get back at it? Um, I wouldn't say scarred for life, no. Um, <laughs> the, uh, no, listen, it's, it's a process. It's a learning process, isn't it? I, I never said that I knew everything that there was to know about management um, and I still don't know it. Um, but we've we've certainly learned a lot of lessons. They don't. They don't. We were talking to Darren and we went down the road and we talked about the pro license. I don't remember the section in the pro license where they've taught me what what I've learned over the last twenty months at Cliftonville. Um, that should be a, a section maybe Nigel Best should consider putting in the pro license going forward. But I mean that very flippantly. No, it hasn't scarred me for life. Um, football's in me, whether I like it or not, and and. Uh, you know, I would expect that we'll, I'll get back into something at some stage or another in the not-too-distant future. This is the Bet McLean Football Show from Cool FM. Obviously, Irish Cup last weekend. We get back to the Danske Bank Premiership this weekend. And a game that I would imagine Stephen Baxter and Crusaders will be watching over. Linfield against Coleraine, an opportunity, I suppose, for a team to try and take some points off Linfield. Massive match for Linfield and Coleraine. Coleraine... Apart from a home defeat against Dungannon, I've started 2019 really well, Pete. I think Rodney McAree has now got the players playing the way he wants them to play. They won in midweek against Dungannon at Stangmore Park. Defeat. Yeah, which was an important result for them. They're up to fourth now on the table. I'm not sure they can go any higher, if I'm being honest. I think their main goal this season will be to win the Irish Cup and get back into Europe again. I would say, though, that the last time they played... Linfield at Windsor Park, they played them off the park. Um, they are missing their key player, though, from that match, Darren McCauley, who's now gone to Inverness in Scotland, and I'm certain he will perform really well there. So they'll miss him, but the, the recruitment of Rodney McAree in January was exceptional. It really was. Um, with Ben Doherty on the show last week, he's playing exceptionally well. Jamie Dlacken has gone in there, and he's taken to it like a duck to water. Dean Shields is going to be playing here where he used to play for Northern Ireland on Saturday. And knowing Dixie, as I have done for about 15, 20 years, boy, will he be relishing it. He'd be relishing the wide open spaces as well. So it's a tough match for Linfield. But they look like champions whenever they play in the league for me. They didn't look like champions last week against Crusaders. But that was because Crusaders, I think, finally 
showed what they were all about in terms of their character, Pete, and, and what got that late win. And I think with Linfield, they'll beat Coleraine because it's back to the league. It's the bread and butter. It's what David Healy wants to win this season. And I've a funny feeling that they'll beat Coleraine in a really high-quality game of football. I'm going to go 2-1 to Linfield, Jamie Mulgrew, taking the game by the scruff of the neck, and Andy Waterworth being on the score sheet. Are Linfield going to win this league? I said that after the first game that, that we played. I thought they were the best team that we played all year, and I've seen nothing to suggest otherwise. I think their, their movement and, and their depth in their squad is, is on, a, on a different level. That, and we have come up against, so I'd be surprised if they don't. Um, but as, as Stephen has said, Coleraine have recruited well, and, and Rodney now seems to be putting a stamp on the team. It's taken a while, which it normally would for any new manager coming in, and it's going to be a difficult game, but it would be a 2-1 victory for me as well. OK, Barry? I think the scoreline's right, 2-1. Um, and it's hard to look past Limfield, to be totally honest with you, but uh, I agree with the boys are saying. Rodney's started to get his teeth in there. I think some of the signings... I think it's a numbers game for Rodney, to be honest. In January, he was under pressure to take numbers in because he's working with a very, very small squad. Um, I don't think it'll be all Limfield's way, mind you. Um, but I think they'll be hurting from the defeat last week and I think they'll, they'll be back in course. Uh, Duncan at home to, to the Cruise on, on Saturday and um, in Chris's post-match midweek he sounded totally dejected I think that the defeat to Coleraine really hit him because they, they obviously went up to Coleraine Showgrounds got the win and the, it was reversed and, and they're a wee bit down their luck so they'll be hoping to bounce back To be fair to Duncan though Pete they've had a brilliant start to 2019 that's the first defeat they've had and um, now it's just a case of bouncing back tough opposition though um, against Crusaders because if the Irish Cup victory against Linfield was anything to go by, I think the, their, they could go on a run. I really do. And as you said, they showed their class. They did. And Jordan Owen scored a goal from the gods. He just hit that ball so hard. It wouldn't have mattered if there was three Linfield goalkeepers in the nets. They wouldn't have stopped it. And really interesting for me that Billy Joe Burns looks as if he's back because he's such a critical player for Crusaders. He's had his injury problems this season, maybe not in the best of form, but when Billy Joe Burns turns it on, Crusaders look a different outfit. I think they'll go to Dungannon and win 3-1. Barry? Yeah, um, definitely I think, I think there's clean sheet now. I think Crusaders will kick on to be fair. Can they win the league? I wouldn't just be as convinced as the two boys that Limfield will be there at the top come the end of the season. Um, I think their only challengers will be Crusaders. I think they've shown in seasons past when they had a run of form how difficult they are to push off that. I think Linfield losing Roy Carl out of the Nets will be a massive, massive blow to them. Um, and they'll probably under, so I'll push that under the carpet a wee bit, but I think it's a massive, massive I, kick. I agree. Carl's the best goalkeeper in the league and he is so crucial to them not just in his saves, but in the way he organises that defence. So it's a valid point. Yeah. And I think Crusaders in, in the January window has, have signed really constructively. Um, I think they've strengthened key areas. And I, I see a 3-0 win for them on Saturday. Darren? Yeah, I don't mean any disrespect to Crusaders. I want to say that, you know, expect Linfield to win the league. Sorry, or they, 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 they wouldn't take that anyway, Darren, don't worry. <laughs> no, being the league champions. And I mean, they, they are a really good side as well. That They're... They're physical. You're getting back on the over. fence here, Darren. Yeah, no. Like, I, I, in fairness to, to Dungannon, Chris has done a really good job, you know, yeah. from coming in for his first managerial role. But I think um, 
Crusaders just a wee bit much so I'll go 2 0 Crusaders Gotcha uh, we'll stay with you Glenavon at home to Art um, I'm hoping for a Glenavon win on this one um, because obviously we need uh, ours to, to remain below us but um, there are no easy games in this league and each week throws up a result that you don't expect so uh, it, it's, it's going to be a difficult one for, for Glenavon um, but 2-1 Glenavon I expect them. You say there's no easy games in this league and it's very true from from an outsider just looking in um, you know there's always a result every week there's always something and I suppose does that give you hope then with your players that you know you could go out and get a scalp some week yeah because going back to what you said earlier we've been playing well in a lot of the games just haven't had much luck you know we're hoping like us off the referee's backside in the last minute at some point to give us that wee bit of luck whatever it takes um, you know and odds have been Linfield at the top you were talking about Linfield being absolutely brilliant this year but odds are at the bottom have beaten them so Anything can happen, but um, I'm hoping and praying that this one it doesn't happen in Ards and Glenavon this week. Can we pray to Gary? Please make it be a big win. <laughs> right, Baker, what do you got for us, uh, Glenavon against Ards? It's so hard for Ards to find a win. It really is. And I think this is a, it's a, a vital game for Glenavon too because they've been off the boil recently, Pete. They've got a massive, almost season-defining Irish Cup tie against Dungannon coming up, and they will want to go into that match with a victory. I believe home advantage will tell. Could be tight enough, though. I'm going to go Glenavon to win it 2-1. Glenavon 2-0, Pete. 2-0, OK. That's that. Do you feel for, do you feel for Nicky and what's going on at Arts? I mean, he's struggling to get goals. I mean, you, can have, you can be as organised as you want, but if people aren't scoring goals for you... Yeah, it's difficult for him. Uh, and I, I think we would all worry about their cutting edge in the final third, Nicky probably included. And it's very difficult to get a player, especially when their situation... Um, to attract a player in that's going to get you maybe 10 or 15 goals for the remainder of the season it's, it's tough work the top sides struggle to attract them let alone someone in the relegation battle Cliftonville against Newry how do you see it? Um, I'd love to say for Darren's sake because he's sitting beside me a, a Newry win but I don't see it I think uh, I think the boys Paddy's first game in I think it's a challenge for him I think the boys will be buzzing for it um, and they'll want to go out and they'll want to win that game so I see a Cliftonville win I see a clean sheet um, I'm sure Paddy will have them drill this week defensively the best he can because he prides himself in that, that defensive solidness um, If it does turn out like that a clean sheet and a big win how will you feel about that? Um, they got it all right didn't they? <laughs> no listen it's, it's not about me at the end of the day it's, it's yeah, well, You will hurt though be honest. No, I won't hurt with them winning a the game. I'll, I'll hurt that I'm not there, um, and that that'll continue for a, a phase of time, no doubt. But at the end of the day, the players that I've supported when I was there are still playing on Saturday, and I, I want to see them win. And the people that brought me to Cliftonville are still sitting on the board, and I want to see it right for them. So they've made a decision, and it doesn't include me. You know, for their sake, I hope it, it works out. What sort of dressing room is Paddy McLaughlin going into, Barry? We all know about the quality up front. Joe Gormley, one of the best strikers the Irish League's ever seen. Rory Donnelly, absolute quality. But tell us about the dressing room that, that he's going to face there. Well, you have all the experts who will tell you, Stephen, about the dressing room and all the problems of it. There isn't problems inside the dressing room, I can assure you that. He'll, he'll inherit a dressing room that will listen very carefully to him. And I hope I execute what his new ideas will be. Um, they maybe need a freshness, and hopefully Paddy can bring that. And for his sake, 
Um, he has a couple of new players in there that he'll, he'll be able to pull on maybe on Saturday, I'm not sure. Um, and one or two coming back from injury that, that has been absent in recent weeks. So, listen, he'll, 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 it'll be a dream for him, it'll be easy for him. It, it'll be a big day for him personally and I think um, he'll enjoy that and I think he'll reap the rewards from, from the buzz of it. Um, do you see Saturday as a big opportunity? The manager's had, what, five, six days with the lads, maybe a bit of confusion in terms of where he wants to play. Do you see this as an opportunity to go and maybe catch them off guard a bit when they're trying to implement new things? I'm hoping there's a bit of confusion with him understanding Paddy's dairy accent and he doesn't get <laughs> his message across. But uh, no, I think it's probably more difficult because when, when a new manager goes in, it gives players a lift and, and they try and prove themselves to him. So however difficult it was going to be, it's going to be even more difficult. Um, but Everybody's expecting, you know, Paddy's party, if you like, for his, his first home game. I know Paddy well, you know, I've been speaking to him last week. And you're going to spoil the party. Yeah, that's, that's our, yeah, we'll go there. And, you know, we, we've, we went down and played them when it was on Sky and took the lead and had a couple of really good opportunities to increase that lead and, and didn't take them. So, yeah, we have to go with, our, with that mentality. We'll be going with no fear. It's up to us to go and spoil, spoil the day for Clevenville and, and we'll do everything we can to make sure it happens. Funny feeling that Biko's going to just rain in your parade just now. Go ahead, Biko. Well, firstly, congratulations to Paddy Midlachlan. As a man, he's a brilliant fella. He really is. Genuine. I have a lot of time for Paddy. He's a straight talker like these two gentlemen here. Going into Cliftonville, um, it's a great opportunity for him. He worked wonders at Institute. He got them promoted under incredibly difficult circumstances. If you remember, Riverside Stadium was flooded, so they didn't actually play many home games when he got them into the, the Premiership. Taking him into the Premiership, he comes and plays this delightful, attractive, free-flowing football. Joy to watch. He's got Institute the seventh in the table. They're safe, in my opinion. So he's done a wonderful job there, and fair play to him. He's got this opportunity now, Pete. He beat Kenny Shields and Warren Feeney to the job. Those are two big names in Northern Ireland football, so um, he'll be relishing it. It is going to be Paddy's party, unfortunately, I think, Darren, because players do tend to get a bounce. You're missing some key players. Although I do think the result against Glentor in the 1-1 draw will give your boys that bit of self-belief to make it really difficult. I think it might be 3-2 to Cliftonville, a bit of a thriller. I'd be amazed if they keep a clean sheet because they hardly kept a clean sheet all season, Barry. That was the problem. Um, but yeah, 3-2 to Cliftonville in probably the most, uh, one of the most entertaining games of the day. All right. Warren Point at home to the Glens. Um, I see a Warren Point win here, if I'm honest. I think they're run a form at the minute. Um, Are you impressed by the style of football they're playing? Yeah, I think Stevie knows how he wants his team set up. It took him a wee while to get to that stage. I think you can quite clearly see where they are and what they want to do. Um, I think they're good at home. I think teams struggle in particular if Glen Torn, believe it or not, when they come to Milltown, it's it's difficult. Um and I think they've been at the showgrounds last night uh, against Darnside and and they won't fancy another trip down the road to be totally honest with you. So I would say a tight game there, but for me it's a it's a one point two one. Gotcha. I think it's a one one draw. I think it'll be the same as what happened at Newry. I agree with, with Barry saying it will be tough for Glen Torn, but They've got Robbie McDaid in some splendid form. He's just a brilliant player. And I think he'll inspire them to get at least a point. I'm going to go 1-1 one, one there, Pete. Darren? Yeah, I'll go to each. Uh, more in point, I've done terrific um, this year under, under Stephen. Um, Glen Torn 
our dangerous side, especially on the break. And you mentioned McDavid, he's super football. He's hard to handle our lads. Handling well, I thought last night, obviously, he scored. But apart from that, they handled well. But um, I expect to I'll go for a two each on that one. Gotcha. Final game of the weekend then. Institute at home to Ballymena. And now we know uh, what's going on with Michael McCrudden. And that saga is now closed. Well, Michael McCrudden is still an Institute player, but he has said he won't play for them for the remainder of the season because he signed a pre-contract with Derry City. So not only have Institute lost an inspirational manager, they've lost their captain and their top goal scorer. I would like to see the McCrudden situation resolved where he would play, you know, because Institute have been good for him too. So hopefully he'll change his mind on that because um, it would be a great boost for them to have him for the remainder of the season. Um, uh, Are you surprised by the way this has played out? No, not at all. I've got to be honest, Pete. I thought Paddy McLaughlin would get the job. I did. Um, that's why I told you I'd be surprised if Warren Feeney got it last week. And um, I knew Michael McCrudden would go to Derry City. It was just a matter of when. But as I say, I hope McCrudden continues to play for Institute. Having said that, I think they lose on Saturday. I think Balamina will be too strong for them. David Jeffrey loves the historic nature of going to the Brandywell. And it's interesting what you say. You don't think they have a chance in the title, Barry. I still believe they've got a shot. I'm going to go Balamina to win that one, 3-1. Barry? Yeah, Balamina to win 2-0. Um, I think it's, it's been a, a massive week for Institute as a club. I think they've had to deal with a lot. Um, I know Michael has maybe said what he has said publicly. Um, I would hope for his sake that that'll washed itself out again. I think it's it's been a, a turmoil week, you know, managing management team, not just manager, management team and key players disappearing all in the space of a very short space of time for a club like Institute is a massive, massive blow. Michael McRudden maybe is one of them ones that thinks he's been left behind in that process. Um, and obviously he's very frustrated that he didn't get the move that he wanted in January. But I think as the dust settles, he'll he'll see how good Institute's been for him, and you know it'll be a case where a wee bit of realization hits home again. And and he knows for his sake, playing for the next two or three months is is best for him as a player. Why do you not think Balamina can challenge for the title? Um, I don't. It's not that I don't think Balamina can challenge. I just think Limfield and Crusaders will be much too strong and much too experienced in the running compared to where Balamina is. They're sitting there in Mert, there's no doubt about it. Will they be there or thereabouts? I don't expect them to be too far away, but for me it's still it's still Crusaders and Linfield to, to take. Darren, Institute against Balamina. Yeah, tough week for Institute. You're losing your manager and it's difficult enough without losing your best player. I don't think they're the same side without Michael McCrudden. You know, they've come up with us and one of the big differences between Institute in ourselves as they have had a goal scorer who's hit the ground running and, and has made a huge difference to their season. Um, so taking him out of their team along with Harkin and, and Paddy, you know, it is going to be a difficult end of the season for him. So I'd have to go with uh, Balamina 3-0 in this one. Yeah, it could be worse for Institute. They could be going to play at the Balamina Showground. That's true. That is a story for another day, but the council will hopefully sort that pitch out. Fingers crossed. Um, Darren, um, thank you very much for coming down. Uh, great to see you, Barry. Thank you very much for, for speaking to us today. We wish you every success going forward, whatever uh, journey you take, and we look forward to seeing you back in the sidelines again uh, at a club at a future date and time sometime soon. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for watching, um, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy your weekend's football.